Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We're bringing the best and the brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. Tribe, today's guest is a key figure in one of the most important chapters of my life. He is a catalyst of the last six years and a true testament to my 3P, Gary V, patient, polite persistence. He has helped and taught me so much today, and we're going to Go a few levels deeper. This show's been a long time in the making, so let's do it. This man needs no introduction. Gary V, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Paz. Happy to be here. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So before we do anything, there's a question, Gary, that's been burning a hole in my brain since September 2019 in Dallas. On that stage, you called me out and you said, I am a top 15 firing. Let me ask you this. <laughs> you watch ESPN, man. Have you ever fucking heard of a top 15 list? So does that, does that mean I'm 11 <laughs> through 15? Like, I've been literally, th- I've been thinking about this since that day. I go, who the fuck, who the fuck says top 15? Uh, you know, so literally yesterday <laughs> I was talking to somebody and they're like, you know, the reason you are doing well, this was their point, is you're so unique in how you talk. Why is that? And I said, I think it's a lack of, of like learning the right way to talk. Like, to your point, like, there is no answer to your question. The, why my brain decided to say top 15 versus 10 versus 25 versus 100, I'll never know those things, but I just <laughs> go with them. And um, what I can tell you is I know what I feel. And whether I said one, top one, top 15, top 10. I know, man. You can't imagine what it, what it feels like for me to be on this show right now and watching from afar what's been going on with you. It just is the best. Thank you, man. So, so let's get to it. There's going to be a lot of people who are listening for the first time, and I urge everyone to go back. I've done a bunch of content. Real quick, I was introduced to Gary through two of my good friends, Kenny Yerushalami and Joel Lundenfeld. I had the opportunity to interview, went through the whole process here, yada, yada, got hired at Vayner, and I thought it was going to be my forever job, Gary. I've told you this before. Yeah. I really thought that. But you know what? Things did not go my way. And ultimately, Gary, I did not do what Vayner hired me to do, and I lost my job. And on that day, as everyone knows, the story goes, you sat with me for about an hour. We had the greatest heart-to-heart conversation ever. And you told me to stop focusing on my weaknesses and double down on my strengths. And what you did was you gave me that framework to move forward. But it was that moment, and we spoke about this before, but I want to talk about it to help yeah, others. Yeah, of course. It was that moment where, and we're not going to spend all day talking about this, but it was but, that moment. But listen, moment, I'll be honest with you. Like, as long as we spend on this, it's good because it's fucking real and you've executed and I think others can too. So take your time. Don't feel the pressure to not, knowing we don't have a lot of time and I know there's probably other things, but we can do a part two in a year. Like, Make sure you get this out because it's the goddamn 
most important shit. So here, so here's the most important part of that. Until that point, there wasn't an impetus, a catalyst, a spark for me to really think about and have that self-awareness to say, am I good at what I'm doing? Am I meant to be here? Do I enjoy this? Is this what I want to do moving forward? And that is what caused me to have that introspection, to have that vulnerability, to say, you know what? 35 years old, you know what? Maybe I don't like doing this anymore. <laughs> Maybe it's not right for me. And that is scary as shit to have that thought at that stage in your life and career. Why do you think so many people at that stage don't have that skill set and how do they find it? I don't think people teach it. I don't, you know, I think the reason everybody wants to go to college is because it became the thing. The reason people believe in a million things is because it becomes the thing. You know, even what I'm scared about with entrepreneurship now, Adam, everybody, like, it's insane to me that me as a businessman can be pop culture popular because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. I didn't grow up that way. It was so weird that I liked business as a kid. Everything was, you know, academia, big professional. You know, rock star and athlete and actor were still real. Of course. Um, I don't think people talk about it. It's why I'm so passionate. It's why I put out so much content around self-awareness and being good to yourself and patience and 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 if you make $72,000 a year but you're you woke up today and were smiling, how is that not better than making 290 and being anxious? Like does a bigger house and a car really like is that good? Like is it like you know, why do people want that? And like I'm fascinated by all these Dynamics, and I'm a really interesting enigma because I'm such a capitalist and an entrepreneur and a business is my love. But money is not my love. Money is not my love. Is money your fuel? Money Not for is, happiness your fuel, but your, your fuel to money, execute mon, on what mon, you need to do. Money is, um, money is a collateral aspect of my art. Money is an incredible igniter to my options, which I value tremendously. Um, because I'm so, you know, remember, my great love is to build businesses. So, you know, if my great love was to paint, the money aspect would be very, very, very different because I wouldn't require as much. But I also, you know, but I also start, you know, when I started VaynerMedia, we, I had no money. I, I started in a conference room at Buddy Media. Henny, you know, as right, like you know, like you know, like all this. That's right. So, I think that um, money is a byproduct. I'm not against money. I think a lot of people get mad at me these days. I get a ton of bad DMs. Stop telling people not to make money. You're hurting people. You're a bad guy. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you're you're looking at the literal. They're misinterpreting uh, it. So, you know, for me, it's um, I just love building businesses. It's just so fun for me. So, so, go, so going, going back to, you know, my, my situation, I mean, you've, you've had to do this. This is the hardest part of any leader. I've had conversations with many, many leaders letting people go. What goes through your mind when you make that decision to let somebody go? What does it really feel like? The, you know, this is a, let, let me go Because there's business you. decisions, right? Oh, there's, yeah. It's business oh, yeah. and let me, let me, let me tell you where I've gone up until the last three years. Up until last three years, this is why yours felt, you know, one of the things I was, I, one of the reasons I think I'm so attached to that negative then became massive positive day together was, it was, it, I wasn't consistently as good as I was with you with other people. 
it made me realize, and it wasn't because I loved you more than others or didn't or did, it's that you represent how I wanna do it every time. But, I, but for a long time, I wasn't capable. And even now, it is hard for me. I'm incredibly candorous as a public figure. But as an operator, delivering bad news to somebody's face that I like, yeah, it destroys me. It's, it's, it's hard. And and has and led, I'm sorry, because I want to put this out please. here. It's led to some of my weakest moments in my career of avoidance, having someone else do it. A week ago saying, great job, Adam. And then a week later, you're meeting with HR and being fired and wait, what, what the fuck? So what historically has gone through my mind is how do I get this over with not involving me? This is devastating, this sucks. Really things I would argue that I'm not incredibly proud of. More recently, it's, ugh, I have to have this very tough conversation. I have to do this um, and, and I need to get this going. And, you know, and how do I help them the, the second after the bad news is delivered, you know? How have you changed in these six years, Gary, as a leader? When it comes I think to I think I'm I think I'm dramatically stronger at my what I call kind candor. I'm I'm far more capable in telling people that they're not doing a good job along the way, not at the end. It's it's the, the feedback earlier on in the process, and and it's crazy because I think any listen, I would be I would be lying if I said I didn't know my job was on the line. You and I had that conversation. Yes, I we had did. that conversation that with one, plenty of people. Yeah, with you, I'm comfortable with it. There's been way yeah. way way worse, worse versions and, than you that I wish I did better. And, and, and when we think about like right now in the last few years, how mental health has really in a great way risen to the top as far yes. as you know, leaders really being cognizant of it, how much responsibility do you have as the tip of the iceberg ensuring a smooth landing, not just a smooth landing, screw that, the mental health and well-being of somebody that you have to let go, let alone everyone else in your organization. I mean, we'll talk about Claude in a moment. I but does that weigh, how does that weigh on you? Tremendously. But then also, what I'm struggling with is, because it does weigh on me so much, I've created entitlement. You know, everybody who's listening, listen, whether it's your boss, and even if your boss is someone you have an incredible relationship with and admire and are friends with, whether it's your parents, older brother, like, you've gotta understand that until you feel like you're 100% in control of your life, you will always be vulnerable to anxiety. No matter what, how do you, how do you deal with anxiety? Uh, extreme reaction to perspective. When I'm nervous or anxious or concerned, I switch very fast into, is everybody I love healthy? And I, I get there and I go very extreme. I've said this a lot. You know, I've talked about this publicly a lot. I go into tragic, scenarios in my head of people I love and and very quickly I go from a nine, I don't think I ever hit 10 anxiety, like let me rephrase, everybody has their 10. Whenever I'm at my height of concern, professionally, personally, whatever it might be, when I go into yes, this is bad or I'm worried about this or I don't like this, comma, what if everything was perfect with this situation and I got the phone call at two in the morning what that does, is, Adam, is it takes me from a 10 to a five very fast. And it has worked for me for 25 years. That's what keeps me up at night. What keeps you up at night? I mean, I have this Just nightmare. I, Gary, I have, I have this Nothing nightmare. else. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm cool as a cucumber as a businessman. I've seen it. Mainly because I'm okay with losing. Uh, but, but the thought that somebody I love dies or is terminally ill is crippling to crippling. me. Crippling. I wanna I want double back to what you just said there. I, I borrowed something from you and it's the thesis of owning your loss. I borrowed mm -hmm. that and I own it now. I own owning your loss. And I think it's about the accountability for everybody at every stage of their career to just take ownership. You say, you know what? Isn't it great? I, I it feels so cathartic. It's so good, Gary, to say, you, you know, know why, what? Adam? You I know why, Adam? And I'm moving because, forward. Because, Let's go. Because, I, because I've known you. We worked that close together during that era. What I can tell you it does is when you blame others, your job, a past experience, history, you're only tricking other unhappy people. It's, 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 it's what it comes down to. And let's talk about starting over. You started over. You started over at what, 34? Yeah. Launching Vayner. I started yep. over at 35, pivoting into a new career. I remember, I, I never told you about this. My first day when I went into recruiting, I was working at an agency. I was literally like, like a 22-year-old account exec at Vayner. Like, this is my first day in a new job. And I'm like, holy shit, I, I gotta learn something. I gotta learn how to be a recruiter. I have an idea in my head. What, would, what advice would you give somebody in a similar position? They've been doing something for 15, 10, 15 years. Maybe they're in accounting. Maybe they're a farmer. Maybe they're whatever the hell they are. And they're like, I well, let's, don't enjoy let's, this. Let's, let's, let's talk to you about, let's reverse this. Because you have so much to bring to everybody. What I remember very vividly was how much I knew you would succeed in it because you had such a clear, like human skill set of like connecting with people that was very obvious to me. And so the thought of recruiting from the lucrative nature, like I, anytime I meet somebody who's good with people, in my opinion, I think I'm good at guessing, um, I always think recruiting is an incredible place to consider because it's quite lucrative very. in the scheme of what you get for being good at that thing. And, and I remember just being overwhelmingly confident that it was gonna go well for you. And I remember also, and I, it's hazy, so you'll have to correct me, <laughs> that fairly early on, you knew it was gonna go well. I did. I, so, I haven't had confidence like that in my entire life. And I have not lost a step of that with this decision. To the fact right, that so you're saying I, over the is, last six years, it's compounded, right? Gary, look, see these, see these initials behind me in my company? Do you know what these stand for? No. Nina Harrison Posner. I named my company after my daughter because she is my North Star. She is everything. I love that. And I look at this, I look at my email address, I look at the logo of my hat, the same way you look at Vayner with the pride and the confidence knowing why you do everything. I love that. And, and, it's, and, it's, and, it, and it's, just it's just crazy here. So That's awesome. I want to wrap up this piece here. Thank you. And, and you, you gave me that tools. You, you, gave, you didn't hand it to me. You gave me those I starting you. points. You I showed, showed me. you. You, opened, you I showed you. Showed you. I know. Light. And you know what? Things like this, people just need to get over it. Everyone gets fired. Everyone gets fired at well, some point. Well, here, here, here's the thing, right? Like, what I don't understand is why people think their loss, their quote-unquote scarlet letter, I've had Vayner Live, Vayner Experiences, Vayner Sampling, Corked, uh, uh, um, Forest, um, Daily Grape. I've had many failures. Um, countless clients that have fired us. Um, my question is why they think their loss 
is a scarlet letter. Like, or like forever. If, if you're listening right now and you get fired, the judgment of your spouse, your parents, your best friends, your coworkers, why you value them to the point where it makes you feel ashamed is something I will never understand and I want it eradicated. There's a stigma. There's a stigma. I Gary, know it. Do, do, I it's, called judge, it's called judgment from others. We spoke about optics on that day. We spoke I about remember. optics. And, I and remember. the hardest part is, the hardest part was me walking out of that office that day and calling my wife downstairs. By I the remember. way, that was April 1st, man. So April 1st for me, April Fool's Day will always be a shitty day for me. <laughs> but I, I, I also look at it as a celebration day, my freedom day, blah, 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 whatever you want to call it. But the, it's the it's optics the, around it, and it took the, me almost- Adam, it's the best day of your career. It is, it was, absolutely. It's it not took, even close. It took me a full year to tell people that I got fired instead of saying I quit or I got Good let for go. You. Good for you, and by the it way, on the record, on the record, on the record, tell everybody, everybody who's listening, tell everybody you quit, who gives a shit? If you need that Band-Aid to make yourself feel better in the short term, take it. But, but start learning how to get to that year point because it doesn't matter. By the way, here's another on the record. You know how many times a company, including mine for damn sure, has been wrong? Now, on the flip side, if you've been fired three times, I just want you to know this, it's very likely it's not the company's fault. Yeah, I mean, you have to look inside and be like, All right, Yeah, you gotta start yeah. with accountability, but not value someone else's opinion. Like I always tell people, just because I've had success doesn't mean today's not the beginning of me making a lot of mistakes and the decision I made here that you don't like, firing, different business decision, passing on your company, doesn't mean I'm right. So the key here for everybody is don't put your boss, an organization, on a pedestal. Somebody emailed me the other day, Adam, and was like, Gary, I didn't get in. I'm like, a human being made a subjective call on your art, who cares? That doesn't mean they're right. That doesn't mean the University of Wisconsin's right. It means that a human made a subjective call. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not black and white here, so. Hey tribe, quick break in the action to introduce you to one of my close podcast friends, Hala Taha and her show, The Young and Profiting Podcast. She interviews the brightest minds in the world like former spies on how to gain influence, billionaires on biohacking your body, and even celebrities like Matthew McConaughey on what it's really like behind the scenes. At Yap, they go deep. There's no fluff on this podcast, and Hala asks all the right questions. You can listen at youngandprofiting.com or search for Young and Profiting on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or your favorite podcast app. Now, back to the action on the podcast. Important question for you. I want to talk about culture and I want to talk about something that really upset me because you said famously, quote, at LinkedIn Talent Connect, it's almost more important how someone feels on the way out than the way in. That's my story. I could attest to it. I took a look at Glassdoor recently because I haven't yeah. done this and I know Glassdoor is a shitbox of disgruntled yeah. employees, but there was a insane amount of negativity around Vayner. I'm not going to go back and quote it all there. I mean, yeah, stuff around the, the lack of diversity, inclusion, yep, chauvinism, yep. nepotism, all that shit. How does that, how does that, that has to hurt you. It's and devastating. how do you react to that? By, by knowing the fact that we don't play the Glassdoor game. I mean, there's a lot of it, Gary. Brother, we don't play the Glassdoor game. I invite anybody to come to our company. We, we've actively for years, told people who were mad and like pounded their fist on 
the table when we fired them to leave a negative review on Glassdoor because I use Glassdoor as a tool to have people not apply. Here's my point of view on it, Adam. If you use an anonymous review site as your proxy, you're probably cynical, scared, fear-based, and have other human attributes that I think are vulnerabilities. So I've actually gone the other way, Adam, with Glassdoor. I've used it as a tool you know, for example, Glassdoor emails us all the time, pay $7,000, it will look better. And so Adam can't say what he just said on the podcast, right? Sounds like a little bit mafia to me. You know, listen, I'm not against Glassdoor. This is capitalism. This is life. Like, they're more than welcome. I don't think Glassdoor's bad. I think Glassdoor's good. I have just decided to use Glassdoor in a very unique way that I think has worked for our culture tremendously well. So what is, what is real quick, what is Vayner doing to put DEI and B at the top? Well, we made a commitment to have three C-suite black leaders in our company by June 1st, which we've accomplished now. Um, We, I mean, you know this, it's been very consistent. We have an incredible open door at my company. Everybody can talk to me. Um, But the way we, we, we upped our recruiting aggressively, we have a much higher percentage of it's, for us, it was black more than Asian or Hispanic or female. That was really our, on a DNI Underrepresented. front. Yeah, that was the one that I felt most uncomfortable with. And, um, and so, you know, we've, we've, got, um, our, we've got our offer letter out for our chief innovation officer. We have our chief diversity officer and we have our head of our production facility. And we'll continue to pound away at making sure black leaders are represented across the board. Um, and it's... Uh, it's been great. I mean, for me, you were there a little bit during the time where I was still doing, actually it was right before you, like there was a point where I was doing all the hiring and it was working well on that front because I came from a kind of a left field point of right. view on it. I think, I think we lost our way a little bit uh, along the way and so we've it's fixed that. It's about recalibrating but also ensuring yeah. that, you have, that it's open and, so let me, let me ask but it's you all, But it ultimately it's all my fault and we've, you know, we've attacked it pretty vigorously here. So I know we only have a couple of minutes here so I'm gonna ask yep. you, personal advice here. I'm getting to this point where I spend every second thinking about my business, thinking about growing it in an exciting way. And I really sometimes have to put a lot of effort to make sure that when I'm home family and when my kids and family that I'm present, not just physically present. It's it's practice. How how do you practice? Practice. How does Gary V shut off and be daddy V? Husband V by yeah, by by shutting it off. It's practice. It's, it make, I mean, you're talking to someone who couldn't be more compassionate to what you're saying. It's hard. It's hard when you love it. It's super hard. I think it's about like, it every second, Gary. I love what I'm building here and it makes me so excited that I have to make sure that I'm present. It's so kids. funny. It's so funny. I had a friend kind of razz me. He's like, you work a lot. And I'm like, brother, you golf every Saturday and Sunday. Don't get me started with golf. For six hours. I'm like, and I'm like, <laughs> and I don't judge you because you love it and you need it but you're coming home at 6.30, you're getting 15, 20 minutes of interaction, you know, and like cool, but then like on the weekends, you're actually cutting out almost half the time because that's your thing. I'm like, one of the reasons I've stayed away from golf is because I knew that that was a huge time suck in that world, you know? And so like, listen, everybody, I, I never tell anybody how to do this because everything, everyone's situations are personal. Um, but here's what I would say, it's actually practice. I love it. I'm gonna bring it home here, Gary. What is the single greatest piece of advice you've ever received that you take action on every single day of your life? 
The one that really changed the course of my life was my dad telling me in not so many words, but through energy and different, there was no one sentence, but it was a combination of my four, being with him from 14 to 16 day to day at work. My dad hates lying, hates exaggeration. And I, at that point in my life, and you can tell by like my, this is why I'm always empathetic to why people are like, oh, this guy's full of shit. I'm like, oh, they probably sense a part of who I could have been if I didn't get lucky with great parenting. Um, my dad, I, I really think reputation is everything. And so your word is bond is the greatest thing. And it really course corrected me because I do think I would have had more percentage of bullshit in me today if my father didn't. You know, because when you just have that gift of communication that I have, it's very easy to get into a slippery slope. My dad scared it out of me and I think that's why I stay in a pocket that I'm more proud of and I appreciate that. That's that's powerful. And when we come back at episode 255 that I'm gonna invite, this is episode 155 by the way, I parked it for you. 155. You. I love the 55. You're gonna come back to 100 episodes from now, you're gonna come back for 255 because I wanna talk about Matt Higgins. Yep. Who I say is my favorite interview I've done in the last three years. I love that, it, good. It, it's so, it's just amazing. And I know that's you really awesome. don't listen to a lot of shows but if you ever have a few minutes, it's a great episode. I want to talk about Claude a little bit. But I know I your that. time is tight here. I gotta go. And last but not least, Gary. Please. And hang with me for a second. Yep. When you look back at your career, you look back at those points where you had to dig down deep and you had to find that fire. You have a huge fire, but sometimes it maybe dims a little bit. And you had to pull yourself up and harness that inner tenacity. And in the same breath, when you're looking back right now at everything you built, incredible family, this incredible life, this business, this legacy, Gary V, what is your compass? What drives you in life? What is your North Star? That I gave more than I took. It's as simple as that for me. I love it, man. Gary, in closing, first and foremost, thank you, man. I know your time is valuable. I appreciate you doing this. I look forward to having you back on episode 255. I'm gonna hold you to that. We'll get it on the calendar in a year from now. Gary, you, you are a cornerstone on my Mount Rushmore of mentors, both near and far. You're like this little bird that kind of sits on my shoulder sometimes when I'm thinking about a decision. And I say, what would Gary do? What would Gary not do? And not the end all be all. Sure. But just kind of like words of advice. And in the, even in the few short months that we worked together, I saw some great shit. I don't remember the Century 21 meeting. Yes. You brought me into a Hudson Yards meeting and I saw you operate. I saw you command a room. I saw that and I'm like, that is how I want to be. Because the how is everything. The how you treated me, the how you treat others, it's not always about the why, it's the how, how you go about it. And I wanna thank you, how much I deeply appreciate and respect you and your time and making that time for me and so many others. I wish you good luck with everything. I wish you good luck on the NFT launch, V thank Friends, VCon, and guess what? I'm gonna reach out because I'm gonna be speaking at that side stage. Let's at go. VCon. It's gonna happen, man. Gary, I appreciate you. Talk Everyone you knows where to find Gary. If you thank don't know where you. to yes. find Gary, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you at this point. Check out V Friends. Get your Ethereum. I think I'm up like 51% today, which is great. <laughs> I'm riding that wave, man. Listen, everyone listening at home, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you you're going to find it at thepodcast.com. Remember, take care of each other. Stay six feet apart. Wash your hands and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon. Jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. 
and to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.